Hey folks and welcome to another episode of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. This is the show about mountain biking from trail guides to equipment and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray and I'm joined as usual by Tom Bell. Hey Tom. Hi Colin, how's things? Not bad at all, not bad. So this is uh, episode 8, just checking the episode numbers there, episode 8 of season 2 of the Mountain Bikes Apart podcast. So uh, thanks very much if you've listened through the whole of this new season where we've kind of restarted it, joined by Tom of course. Uh, so yeah, hoping to uh, keep it going though, right through for another, um, probably another month or so at least for this season. Um, and we'll see about uh, what we're going to do beyond that. But yeah, this episode we're going to be looking at bike handling, the fundamentals of bike handling. So how you can get out there on your bike, on the trail and figure out how to, uh, I don't know, how to handle those corners, the jumps, everything, everything around making sure your position on the bike is perfect for, uh, you know, upping your speed, taking seconds off your downhills or even the uphills as well. It helps a lot in the uphills as well, your, ha- your uh, handling as well, doesn't it, Tom? Yeah, definitely. Um, this is, yeah, we're, we're looking at maybe doing a three-part series just on um, uh, more fundamentals and and. Uh, advice for beginners so um yeah stuff like uh, corners going down the hills as well as going up the hills and yeah. uh, and the kind of stuff you need in between as well perfect so uh, you were just saying no what you're just back from portugal from racing i think we mentioned that in the last show didn't we uh, i think we did yeah um yeah so i was out um doing a, a marathon race which is a bit weird uh, it's strange to call it a marathon because everyone just thinks it's a 26 point uh, yeah two or three miles but um it's it's actually that this race was uh, a little longer than I'm used to. So I used to um, I'm used to riding um, cross country, which is generally around a one hour one hour forty five uh, finishing time, um, and you might kind of do uh, 40 forty k um, in a race. Uh, this one was one big loop um, of one hundred six k. Oh really? Um, so uh, and basically all off road as well. So it's. Right. Uh, it's pretty tough, and then you throw in <laughs> throw in the um, uh, horrendous weather conditions that we had in Portugal. Yeah, so and, not not uh, the standard sunny weather that you'd expect out there then. It wasn't, um, <laughs> and and to be honest, I, I've been to Portugal once uh, before that this year as well, and it was uh, also uh, rainy and uh, cold, and <laughs> uh, actually worse weather than back in the UK. So, really. Uh, my timing's obviously pretty terrible. Yeah, um, heading out there. <laughs> How was the trail though? Was it okay? Yeah, it was good. I mean, it was um, the you know in sixty sixty six miles or whatever it was, you got to see uh, a lot of the region, and um, it's it's really great countryside in Portugal. I uh, I really like it as a country yeah, um, yeah. from the from the terrain point of view. And there was it wasn't a um, particularly technical route. Um, I've done a few. Uh, longer races that were more technical than that, but um, the the climbs were just uh, pretty brutal. They put they backloaded it quite a lot, so there was a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of the steepest stuff right in the last twenty uh, k. That's just cruel. Which was which was cruel. Exactly, <laughs> that's the exact word for it. <laughs> I've only been biking out in Portugal once actually, but it was really good. Really enjoyed it. It was uh, yeah. we got a guided tour down on the south coast, so we were mm-hmm. in uh, Lagos and we took a bike ride, maybe about twenty miles or so along the coast and back. So it was just sea views the whole way. Really nice yeah. trail. <clears throat> Excuse me, a walking trail really, but actually it was great for biking as well. Like actually, quite a few little features that made it quite good fun too. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it out there. It was great fun, cool. and there was loads of. We were told there was loads of sort of downhills and decent um, single track on the sort of interior as well. I never got a chance to venture in that way, but uh, next time, yeah, I'd like to get back there. 
Absolutely, yeah. Um, I, I'd like to do, I, I typically only race in Portugal, but I'd really like to go back and uh, explore some of the kind of, you know, uh, all mountain trails yeah. um, because there's lots of them. As you say, a lot of them are walking trails, but I think they have a better um, relationship with kind of walkers in that they share all the trails, um, whereas here in the UK it's kind of a, a footpath or a bridle way and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, but there are some fantastic trails out there. It's uh, it's not a particularly densely populated country, so yeah. there's lots of uh, lots of countryside and things to explore. Yeah, great food over there. Enjoyed that certainly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Cool. Oh well, let's get to the uh, the topic for today around uh, bike handling. So um, we've got it split up in a few sections, don't we? We're going to look first at building your confidence. So just actually figuring out how to be confident in your bike, because a lot of yeah. handling actually is just around that confidence, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It um, is. Yeah, and then going into the different features too. So we've got the main thing really is uh, corners and berms. That's the your uh, that's the bit that a lot of people struggle with, or at least kind of the most obvious place where you can improve your handling and improve your speed, that's I suppose. It as you go mm -hmm. um, but then the climbing as well so we talked about the uphills and how handling can really help you there so let's go through them then so we're, we're, let's start with the confidence then where do you think how do you start to build that confidence so that you uh, well first of all actually how does confidence affect your hand I mean <laughs> why do we need to have a bit of confidence and how does that affect <laughs> your handling in the first place yeah I think um I think committing to to whatever you're doing, um, whether that be an obstacle or a berm that we're going to come onto, and that kind of thing, is um, the main kind of stumbling block to get over. Because um, you you sort of intuitively feel that if you don't go kind of um, if you don't fully commit to it, uh, whatever you're doing, then um, you know you might uh, be able to escape uh, some kind of crash or something like yeah. that. But it actually, I think it makes a crash more. Uh, more likely if you don't uh, fully commit to it and just um, make sure you're giving it a hundred percent. And I think it's just a, it's just a case of being um, weighing up the the obstacle and um, being confident that you could you can you can make it. You know you don't want to go uh, flying into something that's really really tough straight away. Um, so just building up slowly, but yeah. also having the confidence to kind of um, just just try something um with with kind of full commitment yeah, um, yeah. because that's going to be that's going to be the best way to get through get through a technical section yeah there's a big thing about about speed isn't there like technical stuff is easier at speed <laughs> and yeah. it's scarier but uh it, it's <laughs> happened so many times to me i've got a, there's a feature on a trail and the very first time i do that trail there's this like really technical hard bit and actually the first time i go i don't know it's there so i'll just fly over it at high speed <laughs> exactly. and suddenly look down as I'm passing over it and go oh! <laughs> but you're over it and you're fast and so your your wheels barely touch those features exactly. and then the next <laughs> yes. time I know it's coming and I slow down just out of a little bit of a lack of confidence and it's much harder because you're going a bit slower and like you say as well yeah you're much more likely to um, <laughs> if you're kind of holding back a little bit going a bit slow much more likely to hit it, end up head over heels I think yeah what, what I think is interesting I think we've spoken about it on a previous um, podcast is that kind of idea of flow and getting into that state of um, you know the zone and that kind of thing and what they kind of talk about with that is um, a lack of kind of conscious thought yeah. and uh, that's where you kind of get your, your finesse from and that kind of thing so yeah. I think when you when you don't have too much confidence and you may be overanalyzing an obstacle, um, you know you've got as much conscious thought in there as possible. So um, it makes you kind of 
uh, make mistakes, think about it too much. Whereas, as you say, sometimes if you just sort of float over it with um, with your kind of mind absent a little bit, it often <laughs> works out a lot a lot better. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not advocating uh, daydreaming while uh, cycling along, that. but <laughs> but yeah, no, I know what you mean. You're just it's uh, it takes away those kind of little doubts in your mind a little bit when you're just into it and you're just all you're doing is concentrating on that next little section. Um, yeah, looking well ahead and all that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes a fair difference. Do you think it makes a difference when you're riding with somebody else? The reason it popped into my head there because I find sometimes if there's somebody in front of me, especially if they're maybe slightly better than me or at least the same mm-hmm. level, so you're like, you're going at your maximum speed almost for this section. You're just looking at their yeah. back wheel ahead of you, just try to keep up. That always makes a difference for me as well, I think. Oh, certainly. It has for me um, too. Um, just following someone where that kind of decision to where you've got a a choice whether i'm going to stop or not is almost (laughs) taken away from you when you're following someone yeah obviously it can go it it definitely can go wrong if they're if their levels um if there's a too much of a gap between your level and their level (laughs) they're just kind of (laughs) flying off whatever yeah but um yeah definitely riding with with others that are around your skill level or or just slightly better is um, a great way to build confidence because um, you do get into situations where you just kind of fly over um, different sections, and uh, you, if you if you were to stop and look at it, you might get kind of freaked out and that kind of thing. But yeah. um, if, if when people carry you over, it's, yeah. uh, it can really build confidence because you 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 end up you know hopefully doing you, um, completing the, the the technical feature, and um, and then. You know, you, you kind of don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, once you've done it once. Well, well, I, I was about to say once you've done it once, it tends to be easier. But actually, I've had, like I said earlier, I've had a couple of bad ones that have gone over like big drops, big jumps, and suddenly I've done it once, and then the next time I know it's there and it's <laughs> more scary. Yeah, I, th- I think if you but, do it uh, three times, three yeah. times is a good way. Yeah, good, yeah. Good. That's when the confidence comes in a bit. <laughs> we talked about inner leathing actually on, um, I think it was a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. And uh, the the two big drops at the start of the last section on that, they took me a long time to get over years back. Mm-hmm. And the first time I did them actually, that was following a friend of mine. So a friend of mine who's a fair bit better than me. And I just got on his back wheel at the start and I just followed it the whole way. And it, yeah, that was, I just floated over them just because I was just concentrating on keeping up with his wheel. Yeah, um, yeah that definitely helped me a lot uh <laughs> what about uh what about other things then in building confidence i think like we were saying with riding with others that aren't too you know far from your kind of ability level i think that applies to the trail as well um you know making sure that you're not starting off by riding um you know double black diamond kind of yes. trails that, yeah. are, that are just going to end up kind of scaring you or maybe causing a crash and um because that's that's the ultimate way to yeah. to lower your confidence Aye. i think um, yeah it always takes a few weeks to get back into it once you've had a big one yeah, it, does. <laughs> it does that's uh, you can be having a great day on the bike but if you have um you know an off that's uh, particularly bad it just ruins your day you don't want to yeah, ride the bike at all that's the day done yeah basically. scrubbing the brakes a bit for the next couple of weeks <laughs> yeah yeah and then i think it's um it's being confident in your equipment as well so making yeah, sure talking to brakes <laughs> talking of brakes brakes probably being the key one um but yeah just just making sure your kind of um equipment set up I mean, we'll, we'll go into this um in a future episode but i think just being confident in how your bike's set up and making sure that your equipment's um reliable and yeah. um and that you're confident in that i think 
um, breeds confidence when you're actually riding the trails. Yeah, there's sometimes when I'm going down like a particularly big section, like if there's some big drops and jumps and stuff like that, and I suddenly, it pops into my head more often than not. Uh, when was the last time I had a wee check over my frame <laughs> for cracks? Because uh, <laughs> you're landing heavy and you're just thinking, what? I mean, imagine if you're like your stem or something uh, just cracked. Um, and uh, yeah, because I've, I've seen videos of that. Like some of the biggest crashes I've seen are when the, you know, the front wheel separates from the bike. Basically, your your fork yeah. comes flying off, and that's just yeah, horrible. Yeah, I think um, we've all seen those videos. They look <laughs> pretty horrendous. Yeah. And and that doesn't take much to check does it i mean it, there's there's obviously sometimes you, you wouldn't be able to catch it maybe it's just a bad landing but um that's the kind of place like between what's that bit on be your bike called again the stem tube where your stem sorry not a stem that's what i'm talking about i told me you're from your your fork up to your stem so the top of your yeah, fork the head, tube. head tube that's the one i'm thinking of mm-hmm. so the head tube um between there and your uh your tubes down into the pedals mm-hmm. uh that's the one you get a crack between that quite easily that's always where you check if you're buying a new frame check there's no cracks in there um because that's the one that can be one of the weak points so yeah worth having a look yeah. there every couple yeah. of weeks at least <laughs> definitely i think that's probably a good uh, a good tip for people building confidence is just have check your bike over um <laughs> regularly and so you've not got those kind of niggling uh worries in your head about but yeah. you know potential for something to go wrong because uh when when you don't check your bike for a while everyone has those uh you know, little yeah. concerns, little doubts, the head, little <laughs> doubts. Yeah, cool. All right, let's get to the obstacle then. So corners, berms, like talking about getting around something fast. Mm. Um, what's the what's the what's I mean, I I've always heard of some uh, one of the best ways, and for me, one of the one of the key things that I learned was around um, where to look when you go around a corner, uh, yeah. and I remember that the. the the breakthrough, I suppose, when suddenly I wasn't looking only six inches in front of my wheel. <laughs> How would you tell people about that? Where, where do you look when you go around a corner? Yeah, that that's it. I think that's the main uh, mistake people make is looking too much at their kind of front wheel rather than um, or looking where they are now rather than where they actually want to go. Um, and it's a hard one to get used to because it, it feels quite... Um, unnatural at first to you to look up and uh, not look at things that you're you know gonna hit in the um in the next second or so yeah um but it really makes a difference to your speed and your um you know braking position and stuff like that when you're um looking where you actually want to go and um and using more of your peripheral vision to um to kind of suss out what's in your more immediate locality. Yeah, yeah. The thing I always find actually with people I first take out in a trail is total beginners on a mountain bike always concentrate on the obstacle. They always concentrate mm. on the thing they don't want to hit. So you're, you're going along, this isn't, so going back away from berms and corners for a sec, just going to a straight, there's a rock in the middle of the trail, you want to go around it, but people always, total beginners always concentrate on the rock, they stare at the yeah. rock, and they end up yeah. cycling into the rock because of that. Because <laughs> you tend to steer subconsciously towards where you're looking. You do, uh, you yeah. do. That's definitely, I think, you know, why people fall off the edges of trails and all yeah. that kind of thing, because it's exactly what you said, they're focusing on the stuff that they're, they're hell-bent on that kind of 
thing that they want to miss, yeah. which uh, ironically makes them just ride straight into it. Exactly, yeah. So concentrate on the the clear bit of the trail. Going around corners mm. and berms, concentrate on that that kind of exit point that you want to hit, I think, the kind of the clear path through it. Well, that's how definitely. I always think about it anyway. Yeah, definitely. So when you, yeah, I mean, we're talking about berms and corners here, but the same kind of applies to rock gardens and stuff like yeah. that. So when yeah. you're approaching it, you want to be uh, dead set looking at the line that you want to take rather than oh there's a sharp rock there and there's a there's a potential hazard at the other side you know you want to just be looking where you uh where you're trying to point the bike and then more often than not that's where you'll actually end up going yeah exactly what about your body then where's your body supposed to be um i remember when i yeah first started looking into this a bit more like wondering about you know which where where should your pedals be pedals mm. down on the outside up on the outside level that kind of thing or what about your body leaning in leaning out all that kind of stuff what's your what's your take on that yeah, it's quite a hard one to articulate, actually. I mean, I've I've taken people around a trail before, and um, you know, it, it's hard to it's hard to kind of explain to people what you kind of do because you you almost do it um, unconsciously, yeah, and um, yeah. you're not always entirely sure where your body position is or what you look like on the bike, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, using the hips as much as you can to kind of put the weight in the right position is um, generally the advice that that the um the the best advice um in terms of getting around corners properly and mm-hmm. um uh yeah pedal position is another interesting one because you typically want to have your um weight on the outside so mm-hmm. the outside leg down inside leg up that's just a practical thing not to catch your pedal um on the inside of the berm as mm-hmm. well as put your weight so you're leaning um through the actual corner um yeah so you're leaning so, on so, to the inside of the corner aren't you so when we're talking about the inside and the outside just in case it's hard to understand so say you're yes. turning left uh the inside of the corner is the kind of uh the left hand side of that turn mm-hmm. the outside of the corner is the right hand side of that turn so you'd be tended to be pulled to the outside of the corner by the momentum of you going around the mm. corner so yeah you want your pedal on the outside as in the uh the the right hand side of a left hand turn uh, and that That's would right. be down wouldn't it and you're leaning your bike exactly. onto the inside so you're leaning your bike to the left on a left hand turn so you're leaning right into it but it's kind of people it does come subconsciously doesn't it like you you can see people when they're going round a corner in a car even like Mm. a a relatively fast speed you kind of lean to the inside of it even though it makes no difference in a car yeah yeah, it just kind of feels like that yeah exactly so it's just maybe um embracing that kind of natural um natural way that your body wants to go yeah um and just moving the hips around um to put you to put your weight in in a good position i've i've heard that um another good way is to kind of keep your body straight but kind of lean the bike over so you kind of push your hips um out outwards to keep your kind of upper body in more of a um more of a vertical position yeah whereas the bike kind of um then you sort of maneuver the bike with the with your arms and legs uh underneath you yeah um, if that makes any sense if anyone can visualize no that. no that's yeah absolutely i was going to say that as well it's something i learned uh in the early days and it's because it's quite terrifying especially as a beginner like to think about leaning your whole body so say you mm. and your bike are in a vertical line 
Uh, and really, when you look at the pictures of the pros, they are like they're in a vertical line going around a corner at like mm. their elbows brushing the ground um, because they're just ridiculously over at an angle because they're going yeah. around it so fast. But the speeds us mere mortals can go around a corner. Um, most of the time, you can't get over at such an angle. So I kind of. Uh, a, a compromise is that just what you said I think which is you lean your bike underneath you you're a bit more upright so you're still balanced but your yeah. bike is pushing into the, the the berm at an angle perpendicular to the berm whereas you're not having to lean over quite as much and feel so terrified yeah exactly I think a lot of people don't um, you know with the with your um, uh, tyres you know gripping having making the tyres grip um, again that can be quite unnerving that you think um that you use the uh, sidewalls of the tires to actually yeah. grip, you know, that's what they're there for. Yeah. But it yeah. seems, it almost feels like, you you know, your tire's going to um, scrub out from underneath you, but it's yeah. actually those, uh, those sidewall lugs that will actually give you the most, um, the most grip. So leaning yeah. them over a little bit is um, kind of engages those a bit better and um, will actually give you more grip, even though it might not feel, even though it might feel safer, just keeping, keeping the, um, tires you know really straight and not not leaning them over yeah yeah that's what they're made for isn't it it's it's funny actually when you start to improve a bit i remember suddenly starting to feel the tires biting in different places a bit more as you pick up speed a bit and you kind of get a bit more refined in how you're cornering you start Mm. to notice actually when especially i use um uh high rollers uh, which have really big side lugs and not so big in the middle. So I can yeah. sometimes feel them when you're going in a corner. I can feel it slip just a touch as you lean over, as it kind yeah. of moves on that little gap between the middle lugs and the side lugs. And then you can you can feel the side lugs biting in. So it kind of like, it almost is just this tiny little incremental shift as it jumps mm. from the middle to the side. And it's weird. But you, once you get used to that, once you have the confidence again, once you have the confidence in your kit, once you get to know it, you, you know that that's coming and you can kind of play with it and use it i think to go a bit faster exactly yeah it definitely makes a difference when you're uh, used to and uh, comfortable with with things like tires um and then it's just it's just a case of uh what in terms of the tires themselves is just choosing the right ones for the kind of conditions that you're going to be riding so yeah. there's uh there's nothing more frightening than having a, a really slick dry dry weather tire on when it's uh, <laughs> when it gets all you know deep mud and yeah and that kind of thing because it, it they just fill up really quickly and turn yeah. into essentially a full slick and uh <laughs> That's uh, that's very scary. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, uh, what about speed and braking as well? So you're coming into the corner. Um, how? At what point? Obviously, you can't go around a corner quite as fast as you can on a straight. So you've got a break at some point. How are you yeah. thinking about your speed and your braking as you come into a corner? Yeah, the, I think the the key piece of advice is just to get your braking kind of done before you're in the corner. Yeah. Um, so scrubbing off um, as much speed. Um, as you need to do to get around the corner and then have the kind of maximum speed on the exit. Um, you know, a lot, I think a beginner mistake is to um, get into the corner, uh, break, and then kind of have to, and lose all your momentum mm. and uh, have to kind of pedal a lot and expend a fair amount of energy to get back up to speed when you could have actually used the kind of berm um, to generate even more speed or, or at least uh, maintain a good, um, some, some good speed. And also, I think breaking in the middle of a corner just it, it that can really shift your body position into some into into a in a way that isn't uh, particularly good for grip and, and that yeah. kind of thing. It, it yeah. kind of puts you back into a 
into it that puts the bike into a more upright position again which uh, can affect how how well you're gripping around the corner as well so yeah, yeah. you can yeah. end up skidding i mean you can if you put yeah. too much brake on you lose a bit of traction that way and then you're all over the place um whereas yeah if you've got no brakes at all i think your wheels just uh, track nicely around the corner much more uh reliably i should say yeah you you you, ha- you can obviously break in the middle of a corner a little bit um just to scrub off uh, a little bit more speed or perhaps bring back a little bit more control but um getting the majority of your kind of harder braking done before you're actually leaning over and uh, into a corner or a berm is uh probably the best piece of advice and then the uh the vision that we've talked about before of looking ahead and spotting your exit and that kind of thing all then yeah. comes into play and hopefully you'll come out the other side with a decent uh, decent amount of speed yeah cool okay i think that's pretty good covered the corners for the moment if uh, if you've got any more questions though um i think we've covered at least the beginner stuff there but it'd be good to mm. have a chat around any questions people have about it so yeah fire in your questions about cornering berms all that kind of stuff bike handling um on the downhill to uh, us at uh, colin at mountainbikesapart.com uh, or get some twitter obviously we'll do the contact details properly at the end as well but just to let you know as we're going along be good to get some questions around this stuff and do some uh, listener feedback Indeed. but uh, next one climbing so the uphills as well this is the one obviously we said at the start it can be a bit underrated I suppose or undervalued in terms of bike handling but yeah uh, we've I, I think I mentioned this again the last time when we were talking about inner leathing the uphill at inner leathing is actually really technical and that's mm. when uh, I don't know a day in, in inner leathing is much more enjoyable when you can actually handle those uphill sections and enjoy trying to get over the the obstacles and everything that's all about yeah. handling yeah. so let's have a look at that then um first thing for me thinking about inner leathing in particular is that first section is long it's got about eight or nine step ups it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. Uh, they get bigger and bigger as you go along harder and harder Uh, and the bit that I always wonder about is I'm always knackered halfway up um, and try to sit down but I kind of know that standing up is much better for getting over these things Uh, what what do you think about this uh, standing seated debate for, uh, for climbing yeah, I think it depends on a few kind of factors. Whether you know how how steep this, the the uh, climb is that you're actually climbing, um, what the uh, trail conditions are like underneath you as well. Because when you've got a really gravelly trail, it's it's really difficult to uh, stand on the pedals, but then still maintain um, you know a, a, the the wheel going round and maintain traction. Um, a lot of the time, you can kind of uh, sort of half half stand half sit so you know we talk about um sitting on the front of the saddle and making sure that that the nose of the saddles um you just perched on the nose of the saddle which kind of gives you a um a nice compromise between having a bit more power to kind of put through the pedals as if you were standing on them but Mm -hmm. also um having a little bit of weight on that back wheel just to keep it keep it turning over yeah um i think it's good to on on longer climbs especially is to um alternate uh, standing and s- sitting down because you know sitting down you can kind of knock the gears back and just spin up spin a little more which can kind of save the legs but also when you stand on the pedals you've got a little bit more kind of power transfer and it get it uses a few kind of different muscles um that can help with 
just prolonging your endurance a little bit because yeah. you're not just just using one kind of set of muscles for the entire climb yeah um, yeah i mean standing but, gives you so much more flexibility for the tech the tricky stuff doesn't it so uh, talking about energy again those step ups being able to get over them that takes you moving around a lot within the kind mm. of the cockpit of the bike it's exactly. it's getting the front wheel up lifting it up and then managing to lift the back wheel up as well because you can't just pedal up those things no. so yeah i mean there, there's some places you have to stand basically <laughs> otherwise you can yeah, get you bounced do, exactly yeah, yeah the trail kind of forces it sometimes um but like you say yeah when you're standing you can obviously pick the back wheel up a lot a lot more easily than you can uh staying seated um but generally i think on longer climbs that are sort of smooth and maybe not so technical, staying seated the majority of the time, I think, is a good, um, a good tip because you you kind of build a uh, more fluid kind of pedal stroke, and uh, you save save a bit more energy than you know you don't have to use your arms and that kind of thing as much. But um, if you want to kind of power up a climb or uh, or just get over those sort of technical obstacles like we we're talking about in Elethan. Uh, standing on the pedals is uh, is also is probably the best way to do that yeah yeah you mentioned there but the pedal stroke that's a pretty key one as well isn't it and that's kind of something that comes into seating and standing doesn't it because keeping a mm. so getting up some of the really technical stuff especially when it gets really steep the worst thing you can do is you know do really jittery pedaling so really powering down on the downs uh, and not much on the the rest of the stroke because then mm. you obviously skid out because you're you're losing traction but yeah. as soon as you're standing it's pretty hard to do a good circular pedal stroke isn't it yeah it's it's it comes with it comes with practice definitely um and I think mountain bikers typically, I think, have a lot more of a uh, more circular pedal stroke than, you know, perhaps a road rider does because the terrain obviously um, forces it quite a lot. And yeah. um, the more the, the better you get at climbing uh, more technical hills, generally speaking, it's um, a lot of it. A lot of it's down to your uh, pedal stroke being improved. Um, it's something you can kind of work on. You could do some some drills a lot of people do kind of one-legged pedaling because when you've <laughs> just got the one leg uh you really notice when you're not pulling up yeah. on the um on the back part of the um you know using the hamstring to to um pull up on the on the back end of the pedal yeah, um, yeah. and it, yeah if, you, if you've got a, if you've got a pedal stroke that's not particularly circular you really notice once you just take one foot off and just pedal pedal one-legged um, so that's a little drill you can kind of do but um again just practicing on on different different climbs will just bring that kind of more circular less jolty pedal stroke um into your riding yeah there's well there's nothing like uh, a steep hill with some pretty slidey uh, ground conditions to show up your yeah, <laughs> your exactly. non-circular pedal strokes oh so yeah just go there in the mud and try it out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah a bit of trial and error <laughs> What about the uh, what about the kind of technicalities about gearing and stuff like that? Do you have any tips on gears uh, for the way up? Because there's something in there about traction as well, isn't there? Like bigger mm. gears discourages really sort of hard pushes on the pedals, which which causes that that slipping. So how do you think Definitely. about it? Yeah, um, mountain biking is quite, again, comparing it to road, has a lot more kind of force. You, you're putting through, um, you're putting a lot more torque through the pedals, generally speaking. Um, and therefore, you kind of need a gear ratio that allows you to kind of spin even on those kind of steep climbs and and um, and terrain that uh, is 
you know sucking your kind of wheel a little bit um so we've seen now that the trend uh, especially in uh, cross country but also across the board in enduro and all mountain stuff like that is uh, easier you know wider gear ranges um because people do uh, want to spin and and have a higher cadence and people i think are realizing that a, a slightly higher cadence than perhaps we've been used to in the past is is the way to go um so i think making sure you've got the enough gears for for what you're riding um is probably the best tip just so you don't kind of run out of those and have to be forced to pedal at kind of you know 40 50 revolutions a minute you maybe yeah. want to be in the kind of 90 80 90 um, rpm range yeah it's, it's something not a lot of people think about being able to change in their bike isn't it yeah it, it probably isn't you know you kind of maybe buy a bike especially as a beginner and then think though well that's kind of what i'm stuck with but yeah. um and and replacing a kind of uh group say is is quite an expense but it's um if if you're really struggling with the gears that you've got that have kind of come on the bike or whatever then it's probably one of the best uh upgrades you could make yeah, yeah, just change the the ratios you've got. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I I tend to try. It doesn't work all the time. I tend to try and stay in my middle ring for the climbs, um, mm-hmm. even if it means I've got to get up out of the saddle a lot more because obviously you need to put a bit more power in. But it does. It, yeah, it really calms down your um, your kind of jittery pedal, your uneven pedal stroke. I think it yeah. stops me skidding quite as much. But obviously, I, I end up in the granny ring quite often just to uh, <laughs> handle some of the steeper climbs. So. Not always yeah, true, well, but it does help. Well, I well I use a um, I use just a single ring up front. You know, the kind okay. of um, narrow, wide chain ring yeah, um, yeah. that just retains the chain itself. But um, you know, I've got a, a forty tooth cassette on the rear, so you've got got a big big range there, and it's yeah. it's always nice to have um, that that granny gear or or whatever to uh, to fall back on if the, <laughs> when the trail gets really steep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Any other uh, tips on climbing then before we tie it up? Uh, I would say just when you, especially on longer climbs where you uh, pacing comes into into question, um, just to always kind of think the the kind of pace that I'm going, you know, now because a lot of people hit hit the bottom of a, a climb, perhaps a steep climb or a longer one, um, going way too too hard and um, will kind of slowly fade as they go up. Their pace will kind of drop. Whereas if you kind of consider what pace you're doing um in the present um and and just assess whether i could maintain um this for the rest of the climb so (laughs) um just just i I guess thinking about pacing a little a little more and um which will i guess make your ride more enjoyable and you you know you're less likely to fade towards the end or um, i mean you you lose concentration on your handling on mm. your skills as soon as you start getting tired that's the keep going back to nerlithan but that climb by the end you're hitting the hardest obstacles when you're most tired and it's just half the time i just give up in the last couple because not because i can't (laughs) do it as such but because i'm just (laughs) too tired to to, uh, to put the skill in to uh, to do it which is terrible but yeah um Aye, so a bit of pacing definitely helps. <laughs> cool. I think that was I would, yeah, it's good. Uh, yeah, good to talk through that stuff because handling is one of those things that's quite 
visual obviously like it's good to see some pictures mm. of people actually leaning over on their bikes and the positions you can get into but um it's good to talk it through anyway i hope, hope that helped if you're listening and you're uh, interested in improving your handling and again any questions just fire them on through if it's climbing corners and berms anything about confidence any of those things uh just fire them in colin at the pot uh, sorry the wrong email address colin at mountainbikesapart.com uh, or you can get us on uh, twitter i'm at colin MC Gray and we've got Tom on uh, that's by Tom Bell Tom Bell great uh, you can get the show notes so talk about um, everything that uh, we talk about everything that we talked about today on the show notes at mountainbikesapart.com forward slash 208 you'll see uh, the show notes there a bit of a summary of what we've talked through and you can drop a comment on there as well if you want to put in some of your own opinions give some uh, feedback and uh, give some more advice to anyone else that's listening to this show Otherwise, last ask, as always, I'd love it if you could put a, a review or a rating on the show and or as well, you can put both. It really helps us get the show out there. Um, you can just pop into the iTunes store and give us a rating in there. It'd be really appreciated. It really does help us uh, um, keep this up, uh, get out to more people, gives us some motivation seeing that people are actually listening. So yeah, if you <laughs> exactly. pop on there and do that, that'd be great. Um, and actually, I wanted to read something out. We got a good bit of feedback from uh, Gabby. So we have Gabby Castellana, sorry, that's not it, Castellana, Gabby Castellana from Orange uh, County in California wrote in to say that she's enjoying the podcast. And Tom, she gave you a mention, Tom really brings great stuff to the podcast with his training and his racing. Um, so yeah, says to keep the shows running. So uh, that's great. Love to get that feedback. Um, again, if you want to send someone like that, and we're happy to give you a shout out, uh, if you want to uh, mention your local trail or your local club or anything like that, do fire it in to Colin at mountainbikesapart.com so thanks Gabby for that feedback I uh, really appreciate it yeah thanks Gary it's, uh, <laughs> that's really nice of you <laughs> good stuff okay well thanks again Tom and uh, yeah we'll see you on the next episode which is going to be about we're going to talk about dialing in your mountain bike setup aren't we we are yeah so uh, we'll talk a bit, bit about the handling in this one and then um, kind of m- moving more from the rider to the bike in the next one yeah we'll set up perfectly Excellent. Okay, thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.